When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Treehouse, Saps Rising with Danny Baker and me, Louise Pepper. Show 8, The Cattle Are Lowing. Lowing. Always lowing. Very few things low, but cattle. Uh, and you never hear it in any other context, I don't think. No, but, I've never heard someone say, oh, have you seen those cows in the field? They are lowing. They're lowing. L- they only do that in the presence uh, of a baby in a manger. And uh, my eldest daughter, Bonnie, and I, because she's a uh, primary school teacher, uh, whenever she's indoors and she's had up, we were singing it today, and uh, we both look at each other and go, lowing? Oh, plenty of lowing. <laughs> uh, welcome aboard, everybody. Good morning to you. Uh, this is the Treehouse, a good deed in a wicked world and as near as damn it to our Christmas show which um, this time next year what a prospect that is. Mm-hmm. This time next year, we'll have the full panoply of uh, uh, Christmassy things. We've got our lovely song behind us now. But uh, I want to get really, ideally, an hour-long uh, just um, sleigh bells going. Oh, nice. Yeah. Like one of those um, things BBC Four do now, you know, the slow The slow television. thing. Absolutely. Just slow lowing. That, that's next year. Remind me, the Christmas mm. show is called Lowing Slowly or Slow Lowing. <laughs> Uh, anyway, very, very slowly. good morning to you, everybody. Uh, as usual, we try and do um, any other business. But, you know, I've asked you this before, Peps, mm-hmm. or I've certainly observed this of you, uh, uh, before. That, um, welcome to the show, everyone. We'll get going in a minute. Um, that classical music, which I know very little about, mm. and I take you don't know a lot about. I know no, I, 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 I enjoy quite a bit of it, but I, I'm but, not knowledgeable at but all. But there's like... Eight or ten composers that we figure that's it. Yeah, that's classical. The music. biggies. Yeah, and, but there's the Middle East and there's the Little East. And I've said before, I gave you a list of composers whose birthday it is, and I, these are all today and tomorrow. This will be we're recording this on the twentieth, and you'll hear it on the twenty-first. But these people, their parents were all over them, wondering what they'd done, you know, in, the, in, their, in on their birthdays. So, ever heard of Franz Xavier Pocani? 1728, classical no. composer. Henry Kimball Hadley, 1871, classical composer. Ludwig Schunker, 1810, no. classical composer. Zadonik Fibich, 1850, classical composer. I mean, it says nothing about them. It just says something about me. I think me, it says but... something about them. <laughs> I think it says... Uh, uh, Von Holmbo, uh, no. And it's just... Single. I looked this morning, and these were the first names, and I think, well, I know very little about classical music, but people... I mean, I know... Berlioz is, uh, but um, uh, but uh, uh, those and th- th- in their day they must have been like you know th- mm. th- they'd have been like um, uh, uh, Spooky Tooth or they'd been very popular. Uh, and yet further down the list, 
Um, you... I'm suddenly picturing someone in 200 years' time going, well, not Harry Styles, because I think he, he might linger, no, yeah, but just I, some I, of I, our charts. Honestly. Yeah. Ooh. No, you're, I mean, no-one was bigger than David Essex in his day, and I speak as his brother. Uh, <laughs> uh, but now you ask a teenager about it, he was very much the Harry Styles mm. in his day. And it, it, it was all fleeting, but our poor classical friends there. And yet, when I get further down the list and find out on this day, Jethro Tull formed, I go, ooh. <laughs> does, does that make... <laughs> and, and also, oh, that's interesting. On this... Who forms a band a few days before? Before Christmas. No, Jethro told it. Uh, and, and their first release on the MGM label, worth a lot of money now, a single they put out. The record company, so unknown were they, so lowing were they, that uh, they had their name spelled wrong. It's called, on the label, it's Jethro Toe, T-O-E. Toe? <laughs> That's a phone call, isn't it? Uh, it what, what's the name? Jethro told it. Yes, uh, uh, it's it. worth a lot of money. But uh, And just while we're here, and we have one or two old heads listen to this, uh, they, they went through a period, you see, they were a blues band at the time, and everywhere they played, they just, who are you? And they'd look at each other, who are we tonight? And the one Jethro Tull, who of course was the inventor of the seed drill, uh, was the one that stuck. Of course. And Ian Anderson for the rest of his life was old Jethro. Oh, you are old Jethro. But the other thing today, and with all due respect to France, Xavier, Porconi and the gang, uh, Joe Walsh joined the Eagles on this day. Oh! <laughs> now that grabs my interest and I know all about that. I love so, that that's been noted for time. It, it, uh, we've got one other thing. Uh, there's Samuel Mudd, who gave us the expression your name is Mud. Oh! Yeah, Samuel Mud. Oh, it's not related to, to... Mud, no, M-U-D-D. When you say... But if you're writing a, a novel, a dark and stormy night-type novel, uh, then uh, don't make the mistake of typing, uh, he said, my name was Mud with one D. You'll be the laughing stock of the salons if you do uh, two Ds. Uh, after he particularly... John Wilkes Booth. Right, of course. Mm. Who was, and it is no joke, who shot uh, Lincoln, the actor yeah. who shot Lincoln, was a big star in his day. John Wilkes Booth was as big a star as Hugh Grant, let's say. He was oh. very much the Hugh Grant of his day. But he uh, thundered against the, uh, uh, the Civil War. And uh, he was working at that theatre. He's a very famous actor. And, and thus perish all tyrants, shot uh, Lincoln and went on the run. But he was a big star. And John Wilkes Booth broke his leg as he jumped from the box where he shot Lincoln onto the stage. If you've never heard the show before, this is. Is, is, you know, welcome to the, this is actually... the Fred and Rose West tapes. <laughs> so, uh, this is as serious as we get. And uh, he jumped onto the stage and had a horse waiting for him outside and they galloped off into New Jersey into the night. But he was in such pain that a friend of his said, I know a doctor down here. And they knocked him up and unbeknownst to who he was treating, the doctor fixed his leg for him and, and harboured him. Oh, for... but that's not his fault. It was in those days. He was arrested and, and his reputation ruined and the name Mud became just like your name is mud. And that's it. He was the doctor who treated you. Anyway, that is a little happy, Christmas happy, treat. Happy birthday to Samuel Mudd. Uh, and uh, as we continue through today, uh, you'll find out uh, that, that that's as good as it gets. Actually, it's not. Before we really get down to business. I know, I know, I know. Uh, so before we get down to business, let me see if we can find it. Here it is. Do you remember on the last show, <laughs> two days ago, <laughs> forgive you if you don't, uh, I did Max Bygraves doing you, you, The Ballad of John and I think Yoko. it's now passed into legend. Finally made their way back to London. Fifty acorns tied in a bag. The newspaper said it had gone to his head. They look like two gurus in drag. Right, so I was doing that, and I will continue to do it. Well, people have taken up the uh, taken up the, the the slack on this. Yeah. We've had people sending us impressions of people singing the ballad of John and Yoko. Mike Chalmers, brother of Robert, uh, got in touch and said, "My brother does a pretty good Winston Churchill." <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, before the show proper begins, Winston Churchill brings us the ballad of John and Yoko. 
standing in the dock at Southampton trying to get to Holland or France. The man in the back said, you've got to go back. You know, they didn't even give us a chance. Thank you very much indeed. How about that? Come the sunshine or the rain, come aboard the Danny train. We'll kick our slippers off and throw our cares away. What better thing to do than have a jolly jape or two? Don't touch that dial, there's nowhere else to go. Come and join a happy session, wave ta ta to the recession on the Danny Baker Show. Take it away, Danny. I always do, Wisby, and of course, on the other side of the table, Louise Pepper. What have you got over there, Louise? Well, I'm going to. Shall I give the topics? Oh, yes, it's a semblance yes. of uh, order. <laughs> Number one, Christmas traditions only your family do. Mm hmm. Number two, toy or board game related injuries. Mm -hmm. Number three, weird Christmas dinners. Mm -hmm. Number four, things that only lasted five minutes. <laughs> and number five, buying the wrong thing. Buying the wrong thing for someone. All of those remain open well into the new year, in fact, forever once we've uh, declared them. Uh, for instance, what have you up there? Well, I have um, a weird Christmas dinner, and I'm, I'm stating here and now, thank you for your email, Helen and Keeney, but if you ask me, I will not be coming around your house. Oh. We order a massive takeaway on Christmas Eve, a big curry, and oh. reheat it for lunch on Christmas Day. Oh. No cooking, no washing up, and no one missing out on time with the family. We've been doing it for 20 or more years, and I imagine the kids will carry it on when they set up home too. Well, I, I, I don't want to look askance at our correspondent, but I look askance at our correspondent. It's just not uh, right. It, 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 ain't, it ain't right. It ain't right, it ain't fitting. And as you did, he, uh, 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 anyway, but that, that's good enough to get in touch and the, say that. The very opposite of my dad, who so loves Christmas dinner that my mum yeah. has to do it again on Easter Sunday. Oh, no, uh, Just uh, to uh, save uh, a Christmas pudding, and we do it all uh, again it, on it, Easter uh, Sunday. And, and as for taking you away from the family, everyone gathers around it, but th th that's our correspondent's steak. I couldn't eat a They've curry. they enjoyed it? I, I, I don't like a curry at the best of times. That'd be your worst Christmas. No, it would, it would but it, it, there it is. Reheat it, Thank you very much for getting in touch. Speaking of which, um, see, you're laughing from ear to ear over there. I saw you in the week talking uh, you didn't like bread sauce, and suddenly oh, the scales fell I from mean, my eyes. come off I was, going, I was going to ring up Lindsay again and say, Lindsay, the gig's yours. <laughs> she, she's just... Uh, uh, no, you plainly have had it from a packet or a, some kind of yes, powder. Yes, we have never had it. I think my nan didn't like it, uh -huh. so it was not part of, of our great, Christmas lunches. one of the great conduits. On, on one plate, and we're not going to get bogged down in the minutiae of this. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, we are. And, uh, uh, on one plate, and uh, uh, my friend John Niven on uh, Twitter, he equally, is, is, I wish I hadn't sent the cards out already, he'd have been off. He said, well, about people who have three things on their plate, the bread sauce, the uh, gravy and the cranberry. Oh, no, that's fine. I don't mind the mixing. But it, but it, but it's it, just the mere existence of it. He couldn't bear the mixing, but he also only named three when... Of course, all civilised people agree that the mint sauce is on the... I have mint sauce, whether it's chicken or anything else, because that beautiful pablum you bring up from that, I'm telling you, that is that's 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 like the conduit for the electricity in the meal. I don't know what that means, but that that's it. all for horseradish in there, but no horse, no. But the bread you sauce. Think you know so last year I hosted Christmas for the first time. For size nan, it is an essential. Mm. I will admit I I bought it from a very reputable um, supermarket. What? 
what was the? It's just pap. Well, I assume that's what they gave people in Dickensian jails. Maybe, maybe it's please I have some more, but uh, that's because the v- version you bought was pap. And I know a lot of people who are raising an eyebrow now. I saying, love a bit of this, bland food. This but... lotus eater pepper. She can't knock up a bit of bread sauce herself. Got a few cloves in it. It's a beaut. It's a beaut. But as I say, we don't want to uh, get bogged down in uh, minutiae in the show. We have a bigger fish to fry. Um, one last thing. Uh, first, if you're listening to this on the 21st, the very first full-length feature film, Tilly's Punctured Romance, in 1914, Chaplin, uh, Marie Dressler, Mabel Norman, the very first six-reel film. Oh. People thought, it, wow, you know. They, and it was Chaplin. It, it, was Chaplin. it wasn't nobody. And then, on this day again, uh, just uh, 22 years later, was it? Uh, yes, I think 22 years later, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the very oh, wow. first ever full-length cartoon. And then, if you want to uh, go back a bit, Battleship Potemkin on this day came out. Some say the greatest film ever made. And I say this tradition continues because I understand the film of Cats has just been put into the cinemas and once again, all is rough. Have you been reading the reviews of it? Yes. Oh. <laughs> so I'm one of those, I went and saw it at the theatre when I was about 11 and, and, and was entranced. It's a reasonable Loved piece. Loved it. But the, piece. Yeah, the reviews uh, have been... Somebody on Twitter, we'll get down scathing. to the show, I promise you in a second. Somebody on Twitter said... They're missing a trick here because nobody wants to go along and, and be all superior. Let me put it another way. People want to go along and be all superior, but you don't want a family sitting beside you and you're snickering away and loving mm. the rottenness of it. They said it should be in two uh, uh, theatres at the multiplex. One, so you can hoot and holler along. One, <laughs> one for people who want to take well, it seriously. Yeah, <laughs> there should be a sneer. Imagine that. It'd be like the Rocky Horror Show. It would. They should have two performances. This one is exclusively for people who want to throw... <laughs> Rotten fruit and blow raspberries throughout it. <laughs> Which one would you walk into? <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, that's cinema history. Something else, perhaps. Well, we have Paul on the line. Hey, Paul. Uh, friend Paul, bang on 11 o'clock, as we recall. Hey, Paul. Hi, Danny. Uh, Hi, Danny. We've just got to wait for the uh, uh, 11 o'clock tugboat and the time. Uh, no, we've got a tugboat that passes at 11 o'clock every day and then you're on the air. So if you don't mind just uh, piping down for a second. Oh, I will, I will bear with you. One second. There it is. Okay, we're off. We're off again now. So, uh, what are you tugging our coat for, my friend? What's the story? Well, it'd been Christmas. I thought I'd um, regale you with a tale of a couple of years ago, a bit of turkey trauma. Come on. It was. Mm-hmm. So, it all started um, Christmas morning. Yeah. Um, now, this is trauma. You said there's a trauma involved with the turkey. Well, a slight trauma. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one was harmed. No one was harmed. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, Christmas morning, I guess it all started. Um, my wife was doing something in the microwave, and, mm-hmm. to, and all of a sudden, the microwave went up in blue sparks, flash. So oh. that was out. So that was out of order. The, micro- the microwave started to flash and spark. Yeah, yeah. We well, uh, a long time ago, Paul. Before we continue, a long time ago, uh, uh, when you could do stuff like this on Radio One. How about that? When I was on Radio One, uh, we used to uh-huh. be we used to be quite a stunt by show in those days. We uh, uh, had uh, well, I won't go into the, some some of the things were quite funny. Uh, uh, I remember a load of students pushed a wardrobe full of empty cans off the top of a, a four-story block <laughs> of flats for us. Now these days you might get in trouble for that, but equally we used to put CDs in the microwave because they have their aye, own aye, they aye. have their own electrical storm. It's very very 
very entertaining. Uh, now you can't <laughs> do it. But then we did that. So I'm imagining that's what your microwave went like, a little lightning it, storm. It, it was a bit like that, yeah. yeah Nothing yeah. as exciting as CDs in it. I think it was frozen fruit, I think it was. The, oh. But, yeah. any, but anyhow. Um, so, anyhow, the, the mm. rest of the day passed off as normal. Turkey dinner, great. few mm-hmm. drinks, great family over. Wonderful. Um, the story began... Boxing Day morning, I was, my wife and daughter, they were going out for the day, they go to a local Boxing Day dip, mm-hmm. whereas oh. I was, I was stay at home Boxing Day morning, but um, yeah. so any, I was given the task of going to the local electrical store to replace the microwave, get a new one. Oh, so, it's on Boxing Day, that's, 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 that's it, holiday's over. That is, if you're going to get to, Holiday, that's, that, that's a house reliant on a microwave, that should go Boxing yeah. Day to find one. <laughs> Uh, by the so way, he, by the way, Paul, I'm sorry it keeps mm-hmm. because you know we don't just not listen and then say thanks for your call at the end. Uh, unusually uh-huh. for these sort of things on radio, we're actually listening to you. Um, when you buy a microwave, <laughs> and perhaps will know this, it's hell's own job, isn't it? Because you think I don't want anything too with too oh. many too. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, nothing with fancy instructions. No, no, it's something that just goes. You know, just has minutes, two, two minutes. Sec- yeah. but some don't have seconds. You know, you just yeah. got the dot between the four and the five, and you think, well, that's that's gonna that's not gonna yeah. work. And then at the bottom. Um, too many of those things, you know, defrost, Hollywood style, uh, soft in middle, browning. We all don't know. Want any of that. We all use the one that just goes up in thirty second increments. Ding ding. <laughs> ding, ding, well, ding, ding I know. I like a five. I like a five seconds because I don't trust. And Paul, we're coming right back to the story. I don't trust it when it says <laughs> three minutes or three thirty. And sometimes you think, oh, that surprised me. You get some of these ready-made <laughs> Italian meals, and you think, okay, I'll put six minutes. Well, six minutes. I could, I could, I could, the real dread not, is when it says stir halfway. And you I've got to peel back and... About about let it rest for a minute. Won't be doing that. But anyways, but if you haven't got the extra five seconds, I think the thing will be cold in the middle. So, Paul... We know of a dry stone wall where you could have got to pick one up. The one I bought actually has a... It was a dial in any case. So it's all all guesswork in any case. It is all guesswork. You're absolutely (laughs) right. Dial and the worst. They should just put on the back of ready meals. Your guess is as good as ours. (laughs) When do you feel lucky? Uh, do you have any idea what <laughs> what wattage yours is? Because no one does. No, eight fifty. I'm guessing. I'm guessing maybe yeah. seven fifty. Nine hundred. There is no. That's the TARDIS. Uh, um, anyway, Paul. I'm sorry. So you. So, yeah, go on. That's right. So I went to the shop, bought the microwave, brought it home, moved the old microwave out of position, mm-hmm. put the new one in its place, uh-huh. and so well. That's a, so I had the packaging, obviously, and the old microwave to get rid of mm-hmm. to the local tip. Uh-huh. So packed it, packed it all in the car. Uh-huh. Local tip was about five miles away. Always so, are. Mm-hmm. So off we went, off we went. Got rid of them. Got home. The tip was open set, on Boxing Day. Yeah, of course it was. Yeah, the not around my way. Let me tell Peps. Peps, tips are always open. If they've got a fence around them, they're open. <laughs> it can go straight no, over I'm, that I'm, fence. <laughs> let, old, the, let old Jack in the morning pick it up and put it in the right thing. Sorry. And so, was, all right. I was, I was the only person there. There was about four or five mm. members of staff there, all huddled in one corner, mm. drinking mugs of whatever it was they were drinking. Yeah. But anyhow, so I got home yeah. and said, right, the reason I don't go out with to the, this dip is I like my traditional Boxing Day lunch, which for me is leftover turkey from the day before and a good portion of a good portion of chips. Of course, of course. So, yeah. Turkey and chips for Boxing Day lunch. So got the chips on, got them on, and I thought, right, get the turkey on my plate ready. Went to where the turkey was, fridge is full, turkey was in the microwave. 
What? What? I stored the leftover turkey in the microwave. The fridge was full. So the microwave I had just took the tip. <laughs> Do you still have your thing? Ding, 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 ding. Wow. That was, that was full of full of half a turkey. Straight back to the now, tip, right? Out, if I just, again, if I just pause you there, suddenly uh, we have a dilemma on our hands, listeners. What would you do? It's like George Costanza with a half-eaten eclair on the top of the bin. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what did you do? I hopped straight back in the car. Yeah. Uh, didn't even put a coat on. Straight out in the car. Every red, every truck light was in my favour. So I was back there, uh, and my my microwave was exactly the place it was. This little crate where you left small electrical items on. It was still perched on top of there. Yeah. So got out the got out of the car. Pinged the door open. There's my oh beautiful. Pop -tick, pop -tick, pop -tick, All the better plate, for it. Plate. Old plate uh. <laughs> in the car, and, and, and I drove considerably slower on the way home because it was yeah. first on the passenger seat next to me. Got home, and the well, Christmas Boxing Day was saved. You know, they, 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 did, did you the, tell your wife when she came home? You know where that's been. You Did you um uh, uh, these fellows sitting around having drinking, as you say, whatever it was? Did they, they never sit, did they, they never bat an eyelid. That's just about done it. That was ten minutes. They, they, they could have. They could have had a nice lunch. I was going to say you go back to all eating turkey sandwiches. Then you're in a dilemma, fellas. Yeah. Uh, oh, bless you, Paul. Bless you, Paul. A merry Christmas. That was an absolute belter. <laughs> an absolute merry, belter of a tell. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Well. Bless you, my friend. <laughs> now people think, how do you how do you get on the uh, show if you want to talk like that and be interrupted every two seconds? We've got a phone number. To be absolutely honest, I can't ever figure out the phone number from this jingle, but Wisp is good enough to do them, and if you ever get in touch by email, if you want to put your phone number on there, we will call you back, but this is the number. Here we go. If you wish to telephone the show, please call the exchange on this number. You'd look to... Seven two five zero five six eight six, my dear. Old Lotopo. Seven two five oh five six eight six. Give us a call. Always do, Wisby. Thank you very much indeed. Now here is uh, this is from. Uh, this is our, our correspondent. I mean, see, the other week you say, you, did you think nothing we say is controversial? Mm -hmm. You wait till the bread sauce thing comes oh, in now, I know. Uh, my Christmas ruin. And, uh, uh, but the other week I just said Alec Guinness didn't sign many autographs. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Alec Guinness... It's been had. <laughs> I paid a pretty penny for it. But anyway, uh, this is from a, a great one from our correspondent, Steve Underwood. Steve says, I work as a ticket inspector on the railway, and for a few years, one of my colleagues, a fellow by the name of Dougie Robertson, was a huge Alec Guinness fan while I was working with him. Whilst checking tickets on a London-bound train, he opened a compartment door, and there was the great man himself. Dougie said, Hello and went on to say how pleased he was to have met him and what a big fan he was while he checked Mr Guinness's season ticket. He gave the ticket back to him and reminded him it expired at midnight the following day. Don't forget. Ah, oh, thank you. I hadn't realised I will now renew it at Waterloo. <laughs> Said Guinness, as if it could be anybody else. Uh, anyway, the following afternoon, there was Mr Guinness with his renewed season ticket, which my colleague duly scrutinised, and after he had done so, Alex said, Um, you may want this. And he gave him the old season ticket, complete with the great man's signature. How about that? Oh. 
Here's an ad, Alec Guinness. That tells you everything you need to know that he signed autographs quite uh, happily, but uh, uh, his, his season ticket, he, he was a bit remiss. Now, that gives me... I think a... it sounds like he did them on his own terms. Yeah. He wasn't approached for that. That was just given. It was a given. What a nice mm. man he he could have. Yeah. yeah, he could have let me turn up the next day. Well, the dilemma is, would he have nicked Alec Guinness if he hadn't done that? <laughs> but um, uh, that was a, and it gave me an opportunity to do one of my few uh, standing in the dark at Southampton. Maybe we'll get round to that. Perhaps what you got there? <laughs> this is from Ros, and uh, she's. Uh, uh, well, it's kind of almost the same name as a famous person, Good. I think. She's sort okay. of taken it, but it has a Christmas theme. Uh, my friend's little boy came into the room, eyes wide with wonder, whispering, Mummy, Mummy, Daddy's talking to Father Christmas on the phone. Turned out that Daddy, a clergyman, was ringing a fellow cleric. When the phone call was answer, answered, he'd asked to speak to Father Christmas, oh. just as his son was passing oh. in the hallway. Well, I say, we did have uh, Father Christmas once, yes. uh, uh, actual Father Christmas. That'll Father Christmas. That would certainly do it. Well, as this is um, by the skin of our teeth, the Christmas show, uh, Roger says, I was brought up in Coventry. This is buying the wrong thing. Uh, I was brought up in Coventry. I'm a lifelong Coventry City fan. Something my parents didn't really get. Anyway, one year they proved this. For Christmas, I said I would like the Coventry City kit bag to take to PE and a football kit as well. The day arrived and I opened the kit bag shaped parcel and it turned out to have a great big West Ham United badge on it. I pointed this out to my mum, who said, well, it's blue, isn't it? It's blue. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> it's blue. Yours in disappointment, Roger. Mum's, yeah, do that. Who else got a kit that was the wrong colour? Someone did once for it that, that it was the, it was a classic mum. They do, yeah, but that's the thing. Oh, it's blue. That's, yeah. that's it. They, uh, you know, and, um, uh, my sister, who designed a football kit, when we, was, we, had a, we had a little newspaper in our family, only one edition. Uh, that was one around oh. Christmas. We all sat around and did this oh. newspaper. Uh, and uh, I never forget my sister gave herself a name on it because uh, she said, I oh, would you invent a name for yourself. I don't remember mine, but she was the editor of it. We were stapled together probably early, like my fanzine. Like yeah, I was going to say, so uh, sniffing glue. And she gave herself, and any stories you have out there about giving yourself a nom de plume is always good. But what a wonderful thing. I mean, she's a little, little older than me, and she was only about 13 then, and she called herself Claudia Strattendale. Oh! <laughs> isn't that a great name? Claudia Strattendale's and going places. Claudia Strattendale, and she designed the football kit, and uh, it it came with a Donovan hat and a little kind of cape around the shoulders. And uh, I, footballers are not going to wear that. And she said, they all come out on the pitch and take off the cape and the hat before. But I, think I, I, think, I think, yeah, hello 2020. Think, yeah. Hello 2020. What you got there, Pip? Once uh, American football does it, we'll surely follow. Uh, this is Will in Yorkshire. Traditions only your family do. <laughs> and this actually ties into uh, a tweet Richard Osman did last Christmas that is doing the rounds again, but they'll come clear. As a child, and even now, if we have Christmas Day at my parents, we have to wait to open our presents till after the Queen's speech at 3pm. It's cruelty. It was just the time it was deemed acceptable. I didn't realise this wasn't normal until I'm at my first Christmas with my fiancé at their house when the paper was started ripping off at 6.30am. Absolutely. Worse, next year she came to our house and was most put out that she had to wait until after 3pm to open up her pile of presents. Absolutely right. That was Richard Osman said you can tell what class you are by how early in the day you start opening your presents. So we still, to this day, all around the bed. He's been! 
He's been. He's been. Uh, um, but on that, uh, staying at other people's houses, we may do that as a subject when we come back. The first time you stay around a friend's, you know, they have a sleepover, which I didn't do very often. But I remember staying around my mate's house and coming down to uh, breakfast in the morning, uh, which we didn't do in our house, come down to breakfast. What do you mean? Well, well, we, 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 we never sat around. We, we, do you know we didn't really, never really have breakfast? Well, one by one, people would come down and pour themselves a oh, bowl yeah, of this no, or, no, or no, make yes, an egg We sandwich. didn't have family breakfast, no. It, no. Was, it was a running buffet. No, we do, we, yeah. do, we do now, I must say. I mean, when we're all home. But, uh, yeah, we, yeah, we used to come down and open the cupboard and, uh, um, you know, <laughs> see what there was. Uh, but, A, everyone sat around the table, which I found intimidating. And then a coffee pot was put in the middle. And coffee just wasn't a big feature. Now, there was no tea, a cup of tea we were. And this coffee was in the middle. And uh, do you want a coffee, a coffee? I'd never heard it referred to as a coffee before. Uh, some coffee. Uh, do you want a coffee, Danny? And I said, yeah. And this black liquid. <laughs> Honestly, I'd never had it. No milk in it or nothing. And I just thought... How old were you? 31. <laughs> no, I, 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 was, I was about 12. Never, yeah. ne- no, never had coffee never in the morning. You. And that, that was a great eye-opener. And any any you have of those, please, uh, whereby you went to someone else's house and you, you perhaps... Well, no, well, there's two of those. One is that um, when I stayed over my friend Nicola's was that by 4pm her and her sister had got changed into what we would call home clothes. I just stayed in my uniform till bedtime, but they would come home from school, get out of their uniform into, no, I did. into their own clothes. I did that. That baffled me. No, I, 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 I that. You I could always tell when I was home from school that pile of rags in the corner, I'd throw them off. Oi, why can't you hang your, even hang your blazer up? And I never did that straight. No, off. no, no. But, the, the um, but my, when the, this is it's only FM. When my mum was pregnant with my eldest brother, she said she couldn't get out of bed with a cup of tea. What do you and mean with a cup of tea? Without a cup of tea. Oh, my dad had to bring her a cup of tea in bed. Yeah, uh-huh. Now, here we are. My brother was born in 1972. Uh, so 47 years later, my dad still brings my mum a cup of tea every morning. Yeah. But if you are staying at their house, you are brought a cup of tea in the morning. Whoever, however... So as as we got older... Oh, I see. The cups yeah, yeah. of tea, that is, a, that is, the, is an alarm in our house. Dad putting a cup of tea by the bed is the sound of an alarm clock. That's time to wake up, your cup of tea's there. Well, the, 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 Except my husband doesn't drink hot drinks and it has baffled my more, dad more, when we stay. My more, dad's like, what a, a hot Ribena? I've got, we, got to deliver more, something to the man. More what, and more what? people are doing this. Mancy doesn't drink hot drinks. Uh, 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 my uh, niece Natalie doesn't drink hot drinks. I don't know. But anyway, just uh, just a little by where we went down there. To talk Sorry, about. yes. No, I didn't have coffee. This is another um, unusual uh, Christmas tradition. Uh, this is from Jim in Maine. Well done. Uh, the boat driver from the island. Oh. oh. We are going to licence It's Bernie. We are going to do the sausage sandwich game. You know, we've tumbled onto the air. Stop looking at us like that. Here's a tradition unique to our house, he says. Christmas Eve, two o'clock, all the preparations cease and the family gather to watch the heartwarming tale of Where Eagles Dare because nothing says uh, Christmas like Richard Burton dressed up as a Nazi. Anyway, we've been doing this since the kids were small and we cannot imagine Christmas without it. Now, uh, I can sort of see Where Eagles Dare as a Christmas film, not as a ritual. It's not... No, it's, well, it's like The Great Escape, isn't it? It's, a, I suppose it's so. always on. It's a but... t- I suppose so. Uh, uh, but uh, this, this one is even stranger. This is sent to us by Nigel. Every Christmas, we always put a devil on our tree. Did anyone else do that? 
No, 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 no. they didn't. He <laughs> didn't. It seems to very almost, much. No. It, it seems to me you may as well have put the uh, Christmas tree point down and then you know invert. Uh, no, nobody else put the devil on their Christmas tree. Something from their peps. This is from Scott Hammond. Notable people you are too young to remember meeting. Mm-hmm. In the 19... 19- <laughs> I surprised myself with that, but no, I'm so sorry. Go on. In the 1960s, when I was a toddler, my folks used to holiday in Ibiza. Mm. There exists an old cine film from that period with footage of a beautifully hand-painted open-top Mercedes parked at the roadside. My parents are ooing and ahhing over the vehicle and filming themselves hamming it up next to it, pretending it's theirs, etc. Until a voice from behind the camera causes it to pan round and reveal the owner, Terry Thomas. Oh, Flashing his gas tooth grin by all accounts charming played along with the charade and pose for photographs I'm there but I have zero recollection oh now that is one of the abodes that I would have loved to have uh, at least had one one little uh, can you not go and you can rent it now can you not or is that someone else's isn't that Ian Fleming's on uh, in Jamaica Ian Fleming used to be a neighbour of Noel Coward over there, isn't it? Dear old Billy Reeves has stayed, I thought, in... um... I'll find out for you. Well, sorry to uh, have taken stand that by a little (laughs) avenue there, but, uh, yeah, Terry Thomas's place, I would have loved to have stayed at. That would have been a tremendous thing. There's an extraordinary photo, while we're talking here about um, posing next to famous cars, Mm. uh, which I've I've got no real... uh, Cars are not my thing. No. But uh, I once posed next to Elvis Presley's gold Cadillac. I tell a lie. Oh, that, that, well, that's that, a... that was on the road in Hawaii. It was outside a museum. But I, I actually did a, uh, a pose next to that. But there's a very famous and grim photograph of a large uh, family, about 20 members of a family, all posing around this big pink Cadillac in... I can't remember quite where it is. It may be in North London. I think it is in North London. And there's nothing particularly remarkable about this uh, picture until somebody points out, and far left, at 15 years old, that's Osama bin Laden. Oh. And he is. He's, uh, he's over there at the, at the edge of the frame Ooh. looking at this uh, Cadillac, you know, dressed very Western. He was an Arsenal supporter. I don't let Arsenal supporters forget that. He was. And uh, so don't talk to me about posing next to a, a fantastic cars. Let's lighten the mood. This is the Christmas show. Uh, stop dragging me down those byways there, perhaps. This is from Tony. Uh, this is uh, being uh, born with someone famous next to you. Oh, did we, did okay. we this is uh, because um, Trevor Brookings' son, I think, was born in the bed next to me. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Sorry, on the last show. Uh, so here we go. He, uh, he lives in Spain now. Uh, Tony does, he says at the beginning. Uh, following your con- conversation of being born at the same time as a famous person's child, my mum never fails to relate the story that in a South London hospital in March 1962, Mrs Perks gave birth to a son in the next bed. Uh, as my old man, uh, dragging himself from the pub, after drinking with Max Bygrave's brother, who was his crib partner... <laughs> <laughs> There's the Christmas element, the crib. Anyway, he was his crib partner, Max Bygrove's brother. He came to see his firstborn son and inquired of Mrs Perks where her husband was. She'd been, he'll be here soon. Uh, anyway, later in the day, my dad returned after drenching my head again and met the father of the newborn next to me and in no uncertain tones said, you were late this morning, you better pull your finger out. Nine <laughs> months later, nine months later, the old man is watching TV and there are the Rolling Stones and, yes, there, playing the bass, is Mr Perks, Bill Wyman. That's Bill Wyman's oh, real name. Bill 
perks. I was ahead of this. I mean, a lot of people were ahead of this. I As was going through all sorts of perks. Airman perks. No, uh, Airman perks playing bass in the Rolling Stones. Lately, I've trumped my old man. Uh, he's now not with us anymore, sadly. But uh, he, yes, he was played crib with Max's brother and knew Bill Wyman a little bit. Anyway, I was taught by Peter Frampton's dad, and I went to the same school as both him and David Jones, who, of course, became David Bowie. We often used to see Bowie in our neighbourhood pushing a pram with his bright red hair past my council flat. Also, Sparks used to live round there in a rented house, uh, and they used to walk out in character as I walked to school. Didn't give a second thought in those days. Uh, anyway, but I suppose you're more impressed, he says, by my old man playing crib with Max by, by Max Biogro's brother. Yes, I am. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. One more, Peps. Um, we've got... Uh, this is from Johnny. And I believe... Uh, oh, hold on a minute. Uh, last week, I went to a restaurant, this is limited menus, that only serves one dish, truffle pasta. Has only two wines, champagne and red wine, oh. and plays the music of one band, Led Zeppelin. Really? Where's this place? Tokyo. Is it? Oh. <laughs> so I don't know whether this counts because it's obviously a, a, an affected, I deliberate don't know. choice. Yeah, but even so, I don't know. Sounds I, I'd like lo- your dream. I, I, I would love... Oh. OK, everybody out there, and you can do this on the uh, text or whatever. The, uh, I'm never quite up to date with all the uh, ways you can get in touch. If you were designing a menu for a restaurant that oh. only played Led Zeppelin songs, ladies and gentlemen, let's put that one over to you. Uh, do we have somebody on the we line? We have Mick on the line. Hey, Mick, how are you doing? Uh, good morning, Candyman. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. They're very, very, very good, my friend. Thank you. Uh, and why are you tugging our coat? What's the story? This is a story about inadvertent trespass. OK, my friend. Go on. Yeah. So this is uh, uh, 40 years ago now, I mm-hmm. just realised. Over 40 years ago, um, my girlfriend um, broke up with me, and I, I still don't know why, because oh. uh, a couple of years later we got back together and, and married, blah, blah, blah. Oh, well done. Anyway, it, in that period of heartbreak, I, I took a lot to Scotland to get away from everybody, uh-huh. and um, I stayed in Peebles for a few days. Oh. Uh, it was a, a nice B&B. One day I went for a walk, nice sunny day, went for a walk down by the burn and, and walked up into the hills. And uh, I thought, it's getting near, getting late in the day, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the top and watch the sunset. Uh-huh. So I walked along the path, past a few sheep that were pink in colour, which uh-huh. um, I couldn't explain at the time. Um, I think I can now, but at the time, uh, that's a bit weird. These were pink, uh, pink, pink sheep? Pink, pink sheep. Pink sheep, yeah, mm, yeah. Okay. Um, where else did you get your pink woolly jumpers from? Or there is that. I didn't think uh, about that. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I carried on up the path. The, the path sort of faded away into the grass and the heather and the and the gorse. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. I'm getting near the, the summit as I as I thought it was, and I heard this big booming voice from behind. What are, What are you doing here? And I, I had to turn around. I, I hadn't seen a bloke. I hadn't seen any trees for a while, no, nowhere for anybody else to hide. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I jumped, obviously. Um, and then he told me this was private land. And he asked if I was poaching rabbits. And I said, I haven't even seen any rabbits. <laughs> he, he said, uh, and it, and it, and he, are he, you poaching rabbits? That seems... A, yeah, yeah. Well, I, a I, I, but obviously, the way, the way I said, well, I haven't even seen any, mm-hmm. he took the mean at least I've been looking for them, oh. even if unsuccessfully up to that point. OK. So he said, let me have a look in your bag. So I had to show him the contents of my bag, <laughs> a few <laughs> mouldy old sandwiches and, and stuff, and no rabbits. Uh, and then he told me to leave immediately. So I did, because he, he was bigger than me. Uh, so I, I walked straight back down the hill again and, and missed my sunset from the from the top of the hill. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so where, there you go. Where, 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 where had you been? 
Well, well, uh, was this, it, this, it was, this, was, this wasn't owned by the government. These pink sheep, they, they, they weren't... I've seen old Lucky Man when there's a, a man with a, his head grafted onto a pig and he's wandered into some kind of uh, secret government uh, enclave. Uh, do you know whose land was it? I imagine he was the farmer or, or, or the, laird of the land. Ah, that's the word but I was looking for. He was a laird, was he? Laird. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, but he didn't... There wasn't a fence around, so I, I didn't know. It was just, just a, a hill. It was nice to see some sheep out and about. But um, my bed and breakfast, um, the landlady, Mrs Gourley, I yeah. still remember her name, yeah. she told me they'd probably just been dipped that day and, and they used... Oh, really? Yeah. Dip no, day. no, no, she's, um, in, she's in on it as well. <laughs> she's yeah. in on this. Uh, these radioactive sheep sheep legging around in plain sight. But of all the chances, see, sometimes I, on a train, I'll pass fields and fields, and I'll think, you know what, with a good Nick Drake soundtrack, I'd like to just walk to that lonely tree up there. But yes. what stops you, of course, is the idea that, as you say, a laird <laughs> is going to appear out of nowhere with a double-barreled shotgun and say, hold it right there. It was, it was bad luck, wasn't it, to stumble across this old geezer? Well, I, I, I still don't know why he was lurking at the top of a hill waiting for strangers to turn up, I suppose. <laughs> Guarding his rabbits, plainly, or that's Guarding the... his rabbits, yeah. Maybe, and the last thing I'll say, maybe when he says, you're not been poaching rabbits, have you? You're supposed to say, no, in Istanbul the rabbits are freer <laughs> and then a part of the turf would have opened and you'd have gone down into the laird's lair. Because <laughs> a laird must have a lair. Bless you, thank you very much indeed, okay. my friend. That's a tremendous story for Christmas. It's exactly what they... Just before you go, uh, uh, would you like to hear Winston Churchill doing the ballad of John and Yoko? I would, yes. Would. Is, okay. is he as good as um, Max Bygraves? Uh, you you be the judge. Here we go. Here we go. Hampton, trying to get to Holland or France. The man in the back said you've got to go back. You know, they didn't even give us a chance. How about that? That's something, ain't it? Thank you very much indeed. Uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with uh, Bellard of John and Yoko, done in... Shaky impressions. We would love to hear from you. What you got there, Peps? This is Weird Christmas Dinners. This is Matt in Bradford. Since a very young age, I've been an incredibly fussy eater. My parents have tried everything for years. Doctors, dietitians, psychologists, the lot. It all came back to a food phobia. Anyway, as an only child, I was spoilt rotten at Christmas and loved it. But the day was always bittersweet as once the presents were open and family had arrived, it was time for the most harrowing meal of the year. Now, granted, I didn't have to eat any of it, but just being in its presence would bring Christmas me out dinner. in a cold Christmas sweat. Once all the plates had been juggled and everyone had what they needed, I was allowed to settle down to my own plate of dry Yorkshire puddings. Oh. No gravy, just a plate of my mum's finest Yorkshires. As I've got older, I've got a little better with food, but Christmas dinner is still well beyond me, and my wonderful mum now serves me steak and chips. Oh, that, that, that's a shame. We're hearing, uh, you think you know an audience? Mm. And I'm not saying we should somehow block them from listening, but I, th I think somehow we should block them from listening. Uh, this is, uh, we're getting around to quite a few of your emails today, which is a good thing. Transporting large or fragile Ooh, items. Lovely. Now, <sighs> got to play an advert. Oh, as you know, we, okay. um, yeah, uh, as you know, we, we've had um, the hovercraft, we had the mm -hmm. foot-sucking problem, yep. but our sponsors uh, have various businesses, and now it's uh, a time for a word from our friends from Sid's Woodorama. Furniture can fill your life with wood. Yes. 
as furniture is the next best thing to living in a forest and at Sidgewood City you'll select from tables and chairs to give your home that just right set in look choose from a wide variety of armed and legged structures many of them boasting beautiful grain remember Sid's is open every night till 5 Sundays till 5 at the corner of the Valley Mall shopping plaza and Woodman Avenue Sid's Woodorama thank you very much I like that one that was a good one uh, uh, many of them boasting beautiful grain and the sit in and and, and uh, Furniture can fill your life with wood. This is um, Andrew. You were talking about transporting large or fragile objects. My wife and I have embarked on a series of such antics recently. We bought a house in the Canary Islands, and our luggage when travelling out there is becoming more and more bizarre. It's actually more of a combination of large or fragile objects combined into your previous subject uh, of what children have packed to go on holiday. Yes, <laughs> they'll open that one again. <laughs> oh, we'll yes. open that one again, what children packed to go on holiday. But anyway, it says, the first time we went after buying the house, our bags included a king-size duvet, a CD player, and a flat-screen TV, all in two suitcases. The second time we took eight assorted board games and some Cuban film posters. <laughs> We are flying out again tomorrow to be there over Christmas, and this time the bags will include a combination of slow cooker, yoghurt maker, a hand drill, an impact driver, an artificial Christmas tree, decorations, a Christmas pudding, one kilogram of assorted British cheese, an assortment of Indian and Chinese food spices and sauces, as well as two pairs of binoculars. So far, we are doing well, and I've only lost one item, a plastic tray, so we're hoping for similar luck this time. How about that? <laughs> That's extraordinary. Bit, uh, rather than uh, get some proper, you know... Oh, don't want to take the bread from Pickford's mouths here, <laughs> but they're taking it bit by bit into their, in their suitcases. Here's something for you, Peps. Mm. Uh, uh, trays, right? Yeah. And now we're going to invite people to send us pictures of their trays, please, if you would, to our... Uh, it's not Facebook, what is it? Uh, Instagram. Instagram. Pictures of your trays. We've got some pretty good trays. Oh, Simon What's... hates all of ours. Does he? They've got a slight bow in the middle. So they're absolutely oh, pointless. You okay. put something on it and it wobbles or he... it rolls. But where... Hates them. Where do you keep the trays? Where are the trays in your house? Uh, they are currently propped up against the taller boiler cabinet. And again, Simon is very unhappy about that. It's, it's, it's a devil's own job, finding... Because we... And yes, I know, this is very, very thin, but it doesn't matter. Uh, we, we had a, a, a drawer with the trays are in, but when then puts other things on top of them, so trying to get a tray out, you'd hear this... <laughs> it sounded like Mr Pastry falling downstairs. When you can't keep these trays... Where are you supposed to put... Because they're big trays, you know, they're quite big trays, and one's a big round one. Uh, at the moment, we found a little space between the top of the microwave and the shelf, <laughs> the shelf above it. They stick out a little bit too much for my liking. But if people want to send us pictures, what are your are you, are there scenes on your trays or just coloured? Um, they're they're sort of almost like a sort of fifties pattern. Uh, foxes on one and I think owls on the other. Hunting but, scenes? No, you know, like a, you know, like a repeated fifties sort of pattern. I, I'm, yeah, you know right. that all Achille woman. Yeah. It's similar to a, a rip off of her okay, sort of style. Okay, no, no, that's all good because uh, <laughs> we. we no, it doesn't matter. We can't talk too much to about trays, but uh, you know what? I quite like to send us a photo. Episode eight. If you trays. If you'd send us your, a picture of your favourite tray, because uh, <laughs> I, I definitely have one. A large round tray. Oh, is that it? I'm, 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 you just got going. I've got all these emails to get. We haven't, we haven't brought the spirit of Christmas to the show hardly at all, except for talking about putting the devil on your tree. People and their curries. Yeah, no, no, yeah, people storing and getting takeaways on Christmas Day. I've got to say, thank you very much for that email, but I cannot think of anything more bereft. <laughs> 
of the spirit of Christmas. Had, had Dickens put that into a Christmas carol uh, that Marley went home and ordered a takeaway, then you'd have thought, oh, what a Scrooge reduced him to. Uh, any other business before we finish, Pepsi? Do you get anything? Um, well, this is the last Christmas one I have, and this is from Peter. Mm-hmm. For as long as my rem- I can remember, my family looked forward to a Tunis cake at Christmas. T U N I S. No one else has ever heard of it. When I asked in the shop last year, they gave me tuna steaks. It was like four candles. I don't know. A tunis cake. Producer Phil says it's his favourite cake in the world. That's why he said this. Never heard of it. You see, the panatone. Oh, I love. Oh, no, I love a bit of panatone. Nigel Slater does one where he makes it into a big fried sandwich of panatone and I think cream and stuff like that. That I can get along with it. In and of itself, it's. Uh, I saw one this year that comes with um, toffee and custard built into it. Now you're getting there. There's a limoncello but one, my friend. Last thing I want to say to you, and uh, to, are you are you waiting for any deliveries at the moment? Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> a present for you went astray. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, Good news: always... your item has been shipped from dot 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 Israel. Oh. So I'll see that sometime in the new okay, year. Okay, but uh, that's. Uh, I know if you're listening to this pre-Christmas, <laughs> people are still saying, "Well, it still ain't here." Oh. Or just ring customer services. <laughs> uh, I was in a shop the other day. I was buying something for, well, <laughs> on the odd chance Wendy hears this. Anyway, but I won't say. But I was buying something. And uh, and uh, they said, uh, right, OK, because we can get it over bed in another oh. shop, which is always, oh. what do I do? How long will that be? It'll be here this afternoon. Well, can't just walk around the streets like a hobo and come back? Uh, I said, otherwise, um, we can mail it to you. And I looked at her, and she looked at me, and she said, <laughs> "No, no, I know, I know, I know." Because Christmas, he did say, "It's out on the road, it's out for delivery." All of that, but uh, let's not look down as we come to the end of this pre-Christmas show. Show eight: uh, the cattle are lowing. Thank you very much to the people who are good enough, of course, to be on the phone. Anything you've heard in the first eight of these shows, and this time next year, we'll have more under our belt, and it'll be running like a dream uh, with the sausage sandwich game and everything. But Louise Pepper on the other side of the table. Merry Christmas. Phil Wilding through the uh, other side of the glass there, of course, and Josh and everybody here at Something Else have been good enough to resurrect this good deed in a wicked world, the treehouse. So uh, absolutely, of course, it comes with no uh, surprise at all that I can't find the music to finish. Oh, no, here we go. <laughs> well, Climb up, go in, let's cosy down. Wave goodbye to that silly frown as we chase our cares away. In the tree house. The fire's on, it's warm inside. We guarantee you'll be satisfied as we laugh the day away. In the tree house. Take it away, Daddy! Always do, Wisby. Uh, we very rarely get sincere on this, but have a tremendous Christmas, even if you're all ringing. Indian food from takeaways. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I can't wait to see you all again in the new year. Uh, this may be our last word before Christmas, but then again, maybe it won't be. But in the meantime, it's chiefly yourselves, and I'll leave you with this. Standing in the dock at Southampton, trying to get to Holland or France, the man in the back said, You've got to go back. You know, they didn't even give us a chance. Merry Christmas, everyone. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 